Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay FM network. This show is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm your host, Yasmin Evian, and my co-hosts, Andy Inako and Russell Ivanovich. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello. And I'm sad to inform you that our Material podcast, uh, you know, artwork is outdated now. What? The colors are off. Do we know that? I was trying to figure that out for myself. Are the, have <laughs> they changed the colors or just tweaked the colors slightly? They tweaked the colors slightly and uh, they're a bit more vibrant. And so like the green is has has more of like a lime green, you know, to it. Whereas or eh, no, when I call that lime green, what would we call that? It's more mm. like a Kelly green. Forest green. Pastel, is that what you call those things? I'm not a designer, Yasmin. You're, no. you're, you're the closest thing we have. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, we're the closest <laughs> thing we have. Yeah. Well, I do visual. Not, my focus isn't so much visual design, so, well, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it's more, I think it's a Cali green. That's what we would call it. It's more Cali green where ours, the old uh, green was more, um, what'd you call that? Like just forest? Mm, I, I, I get confused. You go to like a, <laughs> a hardware store that sells paint, and they have so many names for colors. Uh, this is Berkshire white, but this is uh, Elephant Ivory white, and this is uh, this other white. I'm like they all look the same. So I'm the wrong person <laughs> to be asking. I would call that um, a brisk walk in the park green. Is is what I would call. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get all the designers yelling at us. I, I call that trademark green. See, this is, this is and, and, and in case people are confused, how, how can you not know that Google has changed its logo in a, the, probably the most radical way they've done in about 10 years now? But this is, this is why logo change is just so endlessly fascinating in a car wreck sort of way. Because the conversation you've just heard between the three of us, how would you describe that green? Is it a sort of an emerald green? Or I think it's more of an earthy forest green. Only imagine there's there's an, a sixty page report on each one saying, and everybody who's involved in this, and this is just on the L in Google. All the meetings where people are saying, now, I want you to pay really close attention today to the color of green there. That was my baby. Now, a lot of people thought they want to get a more of an earthy green, more of a pine green. And I'm saying, no, that's looking backward. The color green we select should be looking forward. And so that's why on my dream board, I had pictures of chalkboards and pictures of Kermit the Frog and pictures of old mayonnaise that gone really, really that rich sort of green. And that's the sort of pageantry that I think we evoke with that look. And then and there's other colors that had to have exactly that argument. And we're not even talking about the typography. This is why I feel so good. I don't work in like real offices where it's like, it's great, whatever the frick color green you want to use i'm sure that's fine can we please go down to getting making sure that we're keeping the lights turned on because if we don't pay these bills <laughs> yes logo redesign is definitely like that in fact i've been involved in a few at um uh, various companies i work with and it's just something you do not want to be in the in the room for because it, it goes on forever and they have exactly those discussions and i i think the the other problem is that yeah it's like, yeah, do you, I, I can guarantee you that on the internet, the opinions today are that it's ridiculous, it's great, or right. I don't care. Like, everyone has an opinion about it whenever a logo changes. They're like, oh, I love the old logo. Oh, I hated the old logo. Oh, I love this new one. Oh, I hate this new one. It's There's never a consensus that says, yes, the new logo is better 100%. We have the same problem as app developers. So if you ever change an app icon, 
then uh, look forward to support emails for the next three months about what you did to your app icon. (laughs) I think one of the only like app icons that I could uh, really understand people get frustrated was when they changed the Netflix, you know, from red to white. And so there was a lot of kids waking up in the morning uh, crying because they couldn't find the Netflix button on their uh, tablets. (laughs) So I saw some parents complaining about that and I was like, oh, yeah, see that like actually interferes with the with your user actually using your app because if they can't like find yeah. your icon, it, it, I mean it really would throw me if uh, there's one one of the things I don't like about uh, uh, about a lot of the phone apps that I have is that um, I'll be there'd be like an app that I use for like a, my, my pedometer app and it's sort of a green rounded rectangle with a white shape in there and if someone releases another app that's sort of a white shape inside a green rounded rectangle that's that shade of green that i have to keep on my phone it will totally throw me because you get into this pavlovian response where you know you're you're only seeing if i tap this i will get the food reward ie i will get the app that i want and <laughs> it's i don't i don't th- beyond that i don't think people really care they just want some form of consistency. It would blow everybody's minds if Google decided to dispense with the colors, uh, if they decided to uh, dispense with the word itself as part of their trade dress. Uh, their, p- part of it is a multicolored G which that incorporates all the familiar colors of Google. Um, and that's, I suppose that's, that's certainly one of the reasons why they did that, because they have to have a unified trade dress so that on watch apps, on in the little upper corner of large apps, uh, in the menu bar of phones, it all has to read the same way. Uh, but I'm glad they didn't go as radical as that. But it also shows you how powerful just even the use of color is, that when we were designing our own logo... Uh, and I'm sure we, we it was a, such a streamlined and efficient process. We just want we just wanted something to <laughs> speak yeah, exactly, of exactly. and, and really and we, uh, we, we realized that all we had to do to communicate Google was if we just use these these one, two, three, four, five colors, that pretty much just explains excuse me, four colors, that pretty much explains Google because people people associate that those colors with that one company. I will let it be known that I advocated for brighter colors that are more in line with the new Google design. (laughs) And uh, our dear leader, Mike, was like, we got these colors from the material design specs. And I was like, all right, I'll drop it. But I was like, ah, it looks like it needs to be a bit more vibrant. You know, make those colors brighter. And look, you know, I was just channeling the Google designers and they were like sending me messages like, make it brighter. (laughs) So but, uh, for, for, for <laughs> listeners of other Relay FM shows, I'd just like to point out that hashtag Mike was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's famous exactly. for being right, but I think well, he, he was wrong in this case. He was right about using a sans serif font for, for the name of the podcast. I mean, that's, that's, again, that was his baby. He fought for that. And it was his vision and his clarity that, uh, that, that refused to, to, to allow us to commit to a design that was set so firmly and embarrassingly in 2003 or whatever. It's... I feel. Don't you want to give like a Swift font a hug and say, "I know that I don't know why everybody's throwing such crap at you, Swift font." I mean, I, I think you're awesome, and I really, and I wasn't, I wasn't just blowing smoke up you when I was telling you about how 
Serif font. I know that they've been not using you that often because of those horrible displays that you don't really make you shine. But now that the phones and the screens and the tablets all have these magazine quality displays, everybody's going to be using New Baskerville from now on. Palatino is coming right back. Garamond coming right back. Just you wait. Just start like put that put that tuxedo under the bed and get it nice and pressed because it's going to be your time to walk up the aisle. And then what happens? Google kicks them out of the logo the one place they thought they were welcome the one ally that they had poor serifs yeah and it's just as i was investing in the serif fonts as well i I put a lot of my own personal money into it and this is just what happens this is why you should never play the stock market is is 1987 all over again I, i will say the other interesting thing about the logo and i think you mentioned it andy is that they seem to have standardized a lot of different ways they use it so you've got the full uh, Google name, you've got the little multicolored G, you've got what it, what it looks like when it's a microphone, which I guess is a big part of their interface these days. You know, they want you to say, okay, then that other word and then talk to them. And, you know, they've got all these little animations that involve the colors of the logo. And it looks like, you, you know, they've used all those things in the past, but it's nice to see them standardize on, hey, if you see a microphone and you talk to us, this is what it's going to look like. If the microphone animates, this is what the little waveform animation is going to look like. I, I think it's nice to have have a bit of consistency. Yeah, I've been looking at the animation of like, you know, the microphone and, and like the, the words expanding into the dots as it's working and it goes into a circle and then it like goes back into the Google logo. Like it's just so pretty and friendly and it makes me happy. So I've been like kind of putting that on, <laughs> on repeat um, all day. And and I love that, like the motion behind it, like they created, they didn't just like redesign their logo. They really thought about how it played into the context of on your phone, on the web, wherever it was, if it's in your car, and how Google is not just this place where you go and search and find information. Like it, it, They made it seem like Google is going out and seeking and working for you and providing all, you know, all the information that you need um, with that. And like you mentioned, the, the microphone with all the different colors, and I think like Google is pushing voice activation for a lot of their products. Um, and so actually, I was having lunch with uh, someone this week, and they listened to our podcast. And so thank you, listener. And they, we were, I was- Oh, you, you know, you're personally taking all other listeners out to lunch now. This is, this is the outreach <laughs> program. You're, you're buying them beer, actually, <laughs> and, you're, and I'm taking them out to lunch. You know, it's how we maintain our listeners. We want to keep our listeners happy, so you know, well, we have I, to do this. I'm, in, I'm including um, them in my prayers every night. Well, well there, thank you, Andy. <laughs> there you go. There we go. So, um, so, I was, so he's like, I, I, have a, I have like a bone to pick with you. And I was like, well, what is it? And he's like, your friend that you mentioned in the last podcast that couldn't figure out like how to get the weather on her, on her Apple Watch – and you quickly said, okay, material, what's the weather? And you got the weather. Um, I can do that with Siri. If you say, hey, S-I-R-I, <laughs> you can quickly get that. But the funny part was that <laughs> he couldn't get his watch to work. <laughs> and he's like, I'm so, like, he was, it was, he kept on looking down on his watch. And so I kept on, I was teasing him. I was like, do you have somewhere to be? You know, we're enjoying this nice lunch. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I wanted to show you the the hey s i r y get weather because it works, but it keeps on asking me for my passcode, and it is so annoying because it's just lit up now asking for my passcode. <laughs> I, I will say, um, I tried to record a podcast once where where I wanted to show how much better, um, you know, the Google voice recognition was than Apple's, and that's the one time that Siri worked absolutely flawlessly. <laughs> oh, Every single no. thing I said. <laughs> 
transcribed exactly word for word. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I, I look. I have. I, I, I can. <laughs> I can tell you how many times I've demonstrated uh, my Android Wear watch to people by the number of Evernotes that I have that say that contain the phrase. And you and you see, like as soon as as soon as I stop talking, it immediately goes in and does that thing. I don't have to do anything hands off. And I realize that no, because I didn't pause after giving the command, it kept like <laughs> recording and recording and recording on and on and on and on. <laughs> but that's but that's I mean uh, that, that's part of what's so smart about this. I mean, it's you think about how um, now how many icons do you have on any device that are a microphone because it's simply the na- most natural thing to convey recording. And so it's so hard to figure out which is like on my, on my iPhone, which one is the voice recorder app that Apple actually shipped, which are, and which are the three different ones I downloaded before settling on the one that I decided to actually keep. And you can't tell the difference between the four of them. They're different, but they're not different enough. Whereas Google can have a microphone, and so long as they dress it in those four familiar colors, it communicates this is a Google product. They don't have to put a G on it or anything like that. It's I mean we it's 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 fun to make fun of of, of logos, of course. Uh, because again, I, I, I just I have nothing but sympathy for all of the people who had to sit through all of those meetings. But um, I, I'm st- I'm trying to put together a brand new site uh, that I uh, can't talk about yet because not until I actually launch it. But one of them is that I have to make a logo for it for for the masthead. And there's so much that goes into that, thinking that this is going to have to read well on phone screens. It's going to have to read well. It has to have something that I can turn into a mini icon. Uh, for that goes into the address bar Uh, and after a lot of fooling around I came up with something I really really like and as I keep working with this I realize that wow that's nice because not only is it a not only do I like it as a colorful logo but also it's a really cool shape that you can do stuff with uh, and put other colors inside it to give some variety and just it triggers all kinds of different ideas you just don't know how powerful a logo can be until you finally have one that really, really works. And so I, I'm trying to, as, as you guys were talking about SIRI, uh, I don't have to, well, Siri, you don't have to say Siri. It's not for Siri, I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> but Apple doesn't have anything even remotely like that. They For the Apple logo, you got the logo. All they can do is put their actual corporate emblem on something. And granted, it's, it's like the Nike swoosh. It's a really good emblem, but you can't convey anything, any information with that other than, hi, we're Apple. Yeah, and I don't think as Apple either you can be as playful with your logo because that is pretty much like the Nike swoosh. You can't, you know, you can't make it spin, you can't yeah. stretch it, you can't. They, it's always you know exactly the same proportions, you know, displayed in a certain way. And that's, I mean, that's that's their brand. I I, I got to say one thing for the logo. I'm just looking at the, the top comments here. They're still in Google Plus, by the way. Number one, <laughs> Gina Trapani says love it, with 141 plus one. So. I guess that's definitive if Gina loves it. If Gina likes it, then we all like it. <laughs> Although the next comment down is, meh, I'll be impressed when you all change it to the Skynet logo and become self-aware. <laughs> yeah, so, man. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> I love the playfulness of the logo, and I think they even incorporate it in their Google Doodle. You know, it's uh, the making of the logo is actually someone writing in chalk Google. And then it tra- and then it transforms into the actual uh, new Google logo, and so I, I love that they maintain the playfulness of the company. <laughs> yeah, it is nice. I'm definitely not watching this right now as, as you're talking, Yasmin, and getting distracted. G O G G L E. that's quite cool. Oh, uh, uh, one last thing though. What what do you think of the the E that's slightly tilted? Crap. Looks like Where's it's kind of thing? just falling back. Oh my god. Bit. I'm I'm switching to DuckDuckGo based solely on that. <laughs> Bail. Because <laughs> I, I bet you there'll be thousands of uh, 
words penned about that today. <laughs> I don't mind it. I like it. It's It goes with the playfulness of Google. And so that's fun. So one really neat thing. Um, so like the Google design announced or not announced, they released like an, an entire uh, post where they shared about their entire process and how they had uh, designers from all across the company, um, including the creative lab and material design team. They met earlier this year in New York City and just had, you know, a like design sprint where they were just going through the logo iterations and just like working through it. And I would have loved to just be sitting in that room and just like hearing everyone's thoughts. I think that would have been really cool. And they even have pictures of like the alternatives of what it could have been. And some of them are really fun because it's uh, these like geometric shapes that, yeah, there's no way they would have gone to that. It was like too futuristic. But I like where they went where they're like, let's just explore this for fun. And then let's find a middle ground where we can all, all meet. Uh, but one of the neat things in the bot, if you get to the bottom of the page, they share about how they actually decreased the size of the logo. So um, before the old logo used to be 14,000 bytes, and now it's uh, the new logo is 305 yeah. bytes. And so before... <laughs> That's such a good thing to do. <laughs> no, but, but it really, if you think about it, right? So they're trying to reach all these uh, different products of the world, regardless of your internet connection. I mean, we're spoiled here in America where our internet connection is usually pretty fast, and so it doesn't really matter. But in other parts of the world, maybe even Australia, because I heard your Wi-Fi sucks, Russell. So. Yeah, I had to reboot the entire Australian <laughs> internet this morning before our podcast started. Yeah, you're like, everyone, please, on Hub, get all my Wi-Fi powers to my Skype call right now. because Would you, you bloody know, koalas, just get off the copper already, all right? I'm trying to make a podcast here. <laughs> you, were, you were outside shaking the wire. <laughs> Take your joey and jump away, you kangaroo. But they opt optimized it. So before they had to just find kind of a font that looked close to the Google logo. But now they're actually, it looks like they're actually putting the image of the Google uh, logo out there. So it just creates a more consistent brand. Like regardless of your internet connection, you are going to get that Google logo. And like that stuff makes me excited because it took what, how long did it take Apple to get like a responsive uh, website? And they were still like fitting, uh, you know, pushing to all their mobile users their non-responsive site. And like, I don't know, Google's on top of that, even just by changing their logo uh, size to be more accommodating for mobile users. I don't know. That stuff gets me really excited. But <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> well, it, also, it also shows uh, the, the effect of these retina displays. I mean, I was, I'm joking about, uh, about how serifs, they should be, should be it's time to shine. But uh, when you look at the evolution of the actual Google logo, you see all of the tricks that designers had to use to make these crummy like VGA and super VGA displays displays look like they had more resolution than they actually did this is why you had to see this is why you saw all those drop shadows and all that gloss because it's the, it smoothed everything out and made everything blurry so you couldn't really it, it, it was a part of the days when they were adding they were expanding the color palette faster than they were expanding the density of the screen so if you wanted to show off how cool and modern and flowy your your logo was you add all this crap to it and now Oddly enough, now that we do have screens that are as good as the best print quality from uh, from five or ten years ago, now we're taking all that stuff off so that we're just saying we don't have to hide anything. We can actually have sharp corners and sharp edges. We can dazzle you with how uh, – if it's not just a flat color, there is a – really gentle sort of creamy variation from side to side that you can 
sense, but you can't really see. Um, I haven't, I haven't done the obsessive zooming in on the Google logo yet, but it, usually when you see something like a, a flattening like this, you actually see that they decided to make it sort of like a milky color where there's just enough life in the surface. Um, and so that's you, when you see the evolution of the logo, you, you really see the evolution of screen technology. Uh, so it's not just trying to make a logo that look, looks good on watches. It's that we finally have pinpoint accurate color so we can specify an oddball shade of green that will be our oddball shade of green and know that it's going to be uh, it's going to be reproduced accurately and also we can have sharp corners that we know are going to read well that don't need to have any of this extra gloss on it and the and the, and the other fun thing uh, now that this is all over the internet all the logos that were created when it was still a research project and you see the you you, you can almost pinpoint the moment where the logo was stopped being designed by programmers <laughs> and started being designed by actual designers like oh, okay no question it was between <laughs> it was it was it was between when they had the what 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 are, what are the features of an open source photoshop clone from 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 1999 <laughs> and when, when do we finally see those those built-in effects go away it supports plastic wrap excellent yes. i make my logo out of plastic wrap. <laughs> I, I will tell you having uh, worked with clients in the past um, it, it's adorable when they bring in their own logos. They're like, I installed the 30-day trial of Photoshop yeah. <laughs> and I made this logo. What do you think? And then you just sit there in silence. You're like, what do I say? I don't know what to We're say. We're going to put this what? right on the fridge. It's fantastic. <laughs> so everybody can see it. Well done. Good effort. <laughs> so I have to tell you about one other exciting thing that happened, and I'm wearing it right here on my wrist. I happen to have the LG Watch R. And I woke up yesterday morning, I think, and uh, I'm bleary-eyed. I'm trying to open my eyes to, to read my smartphone. And there's some news. Uh, Android Wear now compatible with iPhone. And I, I didn't believe it at first. I'm like, no, this, this seems like a funny joke that's not very funny. But uh, I whipped out my watch. I pressed reset. I um, downloaded the Android Wear app on iOS, which I have to tell you is a bizarre experience, <laughs> seeing that um, white and blue logo on your iOS home screen. And I paired my watch, and it, it mostly works. It's it's really interesting. I don't know if either of you saw that news. Yeah, I saw it. It's it's, it's just that we've been see, we've seen the rumor for so many months. You don't know whether this is some like have you ever like fallen for that where you click on this headline before before seeing the source like oh damn it it's some Indian Digital Times English language website that's repeating a rumor from a month and a half ago and positioning it as though it's actually something brand new that just happened. Uh, Damn it, I fooled for God. Dang it. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll t- tell you a bit about it if you like. So you, it's interesting because it, it's, it's, I guess the, the interesting parts is how it differs from the Android Wear experience when paired to um, an Android phone. So the, some of the major differences are there are no third-party apps yet. So with Android Wear, you know, when it's paired to an Android, developers like us, we can make an app and that gets deployed to the phone. That, that part's not there. I don't know if it'll be coming. It'll be interesting to see... Um, whether they can st- skirt the App Store restrictions around that because Apple has um, all sorts of restrictions about, you know, you can't ship code that is later, you know, executed uh, with your program, you know, from a web server. Um, you also can't get all the cu- custom watch faces. So it, they, you have all the ones that come with your phone, so I have all the ones that came with the LG one, and there's a button that um, says get more watch faces, and I was really excited. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to press this button. But there's only a selection of about 12 that you know, they've clearly kind of put in there. It doesn't kick you off to Google Play and you can't get all the others. So I'm disappointed, Andy. I don't get my, my rocket ship going around. <laughs> I did really come to to fall in love with that watch face. <laughs> Some of the other di- differences are obviously with the 
the notifications. So there's a whole bunch of limitations to how you can work with iOS. So the, the way they're doing it is there's a standard Bluetooth protocol already there. You know, the Pebble worked with it. Um, a lot of uh, car sort of headsets work with it. And it allows you to display notifications and you can also dismiss notifications. And when I dismiss them on my watch, they do get dismissed from the phone. Mm-hmm. But the downside is you can't interact with them. So if I get a Hangouts message, I can't respond. I definitely can't draw emoji. Um, if I get all Aww. sorts of other notifications, the only thing I get, and this is really funny, when I swipe across is block this app. Like for every app, do you want <laughs> yeah. to block this app? Not, not really, but okay, thank, thanks for the option. Um, you can control music playback as well. So I was listening to um, a podcast on the way in this morning and you get the standard little um, play pause thing that Android Wear does. You also get volume up and down and skip. So, I mean, that, that's kind of handy. And I don't know how I feel about it. You know, it's it's a lot of the, the things that are good about Android Wear. Like, for example, I really like the way um, Android Wear handles notifications. Like I find on the Apple Watch, it's it's easy to see a notification the second it comes in. But if you happen to miss it, you know, if your watch kind of, uh, you know, taps you and then you look at it later and you just got, you got to pull down and then you're like, okay, I think it's this one. And if you want to dismiss a single one, you know, you can swipe it across and then press a button. But at Android Wear, it's really quick. You just, you know, swipe, swipe, swipe. You know, all my notifications are gone. I really like that aspect of it. But I do miss some of the interactions. So, for example, like I said before, I get a Hangouts message. I'm like, oh, I just respond to it. Oh, I can't do that. And I do, I don't know how you feel about this because I, I feel like in some ways, you know, they brought Android Wear to iOS so they could sell more watches. You know, they could get their platform in more places. They could get more people using their um, their products. But I don't know how I feel about it missing some of those features especially considering that some of them may never appear you know thanks to ios being a bit more locked down and them not having the freedom that the apple does to integrate their watch yeah i mean there's there's been such uh, uh so so many little uh, landmines that google has had to navigate in order to get through this one of them was simply that they don't allow you uh to they don't allow even pebble to mention that there's such a thing as a pebble watch even though there's a companion app in the iOS store, and prob- <laughs> part of it was to uh, was actually how do you uh, alert people to the fact that here is a companion app for Android Wear when you're not allowed to App Store guidelines prevent you from doing that. So there was the, the, obviously there was uh, an actual exception made for that. Uh, Apple or neither Apple nor Google has mentioned exactly what that exemption was, but apparently they cleared that hurdle. Um, yeah, I, I can tell you for a fact that we actually got rejected for putting the word Android in our App Store description. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. which is <laughs> it's definitely which I never which I never really understood, and I've talked to people, and I've talked to a lot of people who really should know who don't uh, who who don't have an answer for that. Um, there's going to be a lot of limitations, obviously, because there are things that not not only does obviously Apple Watch have an intimacy with iOS that Android will Android Wear will never have with iOS, but also there are things that uh, a third party app simply is not allowed to do. So things like notifications, they're easy to to hook into. Uh, but actionable notifications, uh, g- given that uh, given that Google would have a lot of trouble creating an API for that an API kit that uh, iOS developers could use to simply say, well, look, what if you don't have to even go through iOS? You're just talking directly to this device via Bluetooth. That would be really, really hard for Google to build in such a way that uh, Apple would allow that kit to to, to be released through uh, Apple Store apps. Uh, but even so, it's it, it works great. So it works great with. Uh, I'm sorry, it works better with Google apps than it does with third-party apps. So you can do uh, actionable things through mail. It works with Google Fit. 
so so if um, apparently apparently the health data that's collecting can be used in an actual way. I don't have I only have a Moto 360, so I'm only going through uh, conversations I've had with people. Uh, but that's that's the thing I've been trying to figure out. So it says that it's recording my steps, and it is. But there's at the moment there's no Google Fit app for iOS. So yeah, not, it, apart from my watch, I'm not really sure where that. But data is it is, going. is it uh, is it working through uh, the health app? Do, do your, are your steps appearing through Apple's own health app? Not that I can tell. The problem is that the iPhone six that I'm using is also tracking step data, and I'm pretty sure that when you go into, I had a look at this last night. So I went to health, you know, steps, and you can see the source, and all the sources are listed as being my actual phone. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think it's taking the steps from the watch and adding those in. It's just using the ones from the phone itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that. Hopefully we'll, have the, hopefully we'll be able to have a bunch of new watches next week <laughs> that are compatible with this. We can try. <laughs> yes. But, the, but, the, fun, but the, the other fun thing is that it's actually pointing out the things that Android Wear can do that the Apple Watch can't do. Like you, you mentioned one of the things that I think is such a brain-dead natural thing because at what point are you most annoyed by a notification that is completely unnecessary and most motivated to do something about it when it is annoying you? Uh, and, and so <laughs> it was so easy to set up my Android Wear watch uh, when when I was first trying it out, that every time there's a notification from an app that just doesn't matter, it's like, okay, you are an F1 racing game. You don't have to interrupt me by putting something on my watch to tell me that there's a race, there are new race points thing is happening next week. And to be able to, to just from the watch swipe left, say, never bother me again, you stupid app ever. Uh, third party watch faces is something that I really desperately miss uh, on uh, on Android Wear. Like I said, I, I need my little rocket ship. I'm, I'm glad that they managed to get in some of the uh, better uh, uh, watch developers, uh, so they they can at least grandfather some of those things in. Uh, and just the just the ability to at least put cards on the screen have have some articulation of Google Now, so that I don't even have to interact with this in order for it to give me useful information. Because that's another thing I don't uh, that bothers me about Apple Watch. I have to fiddle with it to get anything useful out of it. Uh, like like I said, notifications they don't really stick on there. Whereas you can get a, you can feel a vibration on your wrist, but you're sort of in the middle of something. And then when you sneak a look at your watch, there is still at least the top of that card that says, "Here's why I tried to bother you one minute and 18, 81 seconds ago." Or two minutes and twenty one yeah. seconds, as it were. I, I love that yeah. feature. So I'm, I'm I'm glad that there's at least the ability now for uh, iOS users to have a choice between two different platforms and choose the one that that they're going to go for. Because uh, you know the the cheapest stainless steel watch with a stainless steel band you can get from Apple cost a thousand dollars. The cheapest one you can get in Android Wear is two hundred and sixty dollars. So maybe just on that alone, a lot of people are going to be more experimental <laughs> with uh, Android Wear than with uh, Apple Watch. So one of the funny things, uh, as I was listening to a lot of like Apple podcasters saying like, why would Android, you know, where come to iOS, like we have the Apple Watch. And of course, the cheapest Apple Watch you can get is like $350. And I've talked to uh, many people who are iOS users, they were like, I just can't afford, you know, to pay that much money for a watch for something that I don't even know if I really want. And so I think this is like an entry for people that want to try out wearables but don't necessarily want to throw you know $350 down because I got my Zenwatch for like I think like $200 and I think you can even get some for maybe $150 or even if they go on sale like Apple Watch is probably not really going to drop down in price but you can always find Android Wear watches on sale so I think it's a it's a good choice uh, for people that want to try out you know a wearable to see the notifications on the wrist 
but can't really afford the Apple Watch. But I think one of the one of the frustrating parts about this is that since it's not as integrated with iOS as it is with Android, like a lot of people are just going, Android Wear sucks and it's <laughs> terrible. Like, why would anyone want to use it? And it's like hearing you, you guys use, uh, I, you know, the Apple Watch and Android Wear watches. And you tell me how much more you enjoy the experience on Android Wear. Um, and so it's it's funny because you guys tell me you enjoy that much better, but like everyone else that's going to test out the Android Wear watch on iOS is like, this is terrible. Why would anyone <laughs> want to watch that? Does I, don't, I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> true. I mean, for, for one thing, it's, it's real. It, it's, I thought that the, uh, I, was, I needed to check to see if the Motorola uh, Moto360 promotional uh, prices are now officially the real price, but yeah, you can go to Motorola.com and buy a Moto 360 for 150 bucks. And 200, I, I, 150 is at least closer to, oh, what the heck, I'll try it, uh, than 350 dollars. But um, I, 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 I wrote a piece uh, for the Sun Times last week uh, that was basically the 12 things that I think are universally true of all smartwatches. And one of those, after wearing one, uh, wearing an Android Wear and an Apple Watch and other kind of, kind of watches every day for more than a year, and one of them was that for now, the individual apps that would make Android Wear on Android and Apple Watch on iOS so special, those apps aren't really very good and very useful. And even as a, just a real super nerd who really loves the idea of a smartwatch, the stuff that I really use the most is still simply notifications, fitness, uh, the ability to turn things on and off on my phone, and all that basic stuff that's available on pretty much every watch that you can buy from every maker. So it's not as though it's taking – it's a real cut-down experience. I think the, the features that are going to be most uh, enchanting to most first-time users uh, are right there. The, the, again, the first time that you feel a vibration, you check your watch, you realize, like, God, I'm so glad I didn't waste my time taking up my phone and unlocking it to learn about that. <laughs> That's when you get, every time you do that, that that gets $8 worth of value out of the watch that you bought. And obviously for 150 bucks, you get down to zero and, and, and bonus money a lot faster with a Motorola watch. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, when I first installed it, I was a bit angry. I'm like, this is useless. But having used it for a day, there are probably only three really tiny things that I miss. So one is um, when you're paired to Android and you put your watch into do not disturb mode, it does the same for, yeah. your, phone, for your phone. So it can't do that on iOS. That's like that's a really small thing. Um, like I said, being able to just respond to Hangouts message really quickly with like a, an emoji or a predefined text, that's pretty handy. That's. I wonder if there's some way for them to bring that in though. I've been wondering about this. So as a developer... Um, Google started really pushing their Google Cloud messaging service um, on us. And one of the interesting things about it is their cloud messaging service has the ability to push straight into Apple's one. So what, what they've been trying to encourage developers to do, they're like, hey, push everything to our thing and it'll get to iOS. So you don't have to worry about Apple's API and it goes through. And I do wonder, you know, there's some smart engineers there, if there's a way to connect those two directly together. So if I push a message out to um, let's say the, the Pocket Cast app through the Google Cloud messaging thing, it obviously goes out through Apple's push service, but the Android Wear app could potentially find out about it as well. You know, you could opt into that and be like, yep, I'd also like that to go through Android Wear. And then they could actually pick up all those actionable notifications potentially. I mean, assuming the the standard allows it, I'm, I'm not sure it does. And the only other really minor thing is that Google now doesn't seem to be quite as good. Like it's... It's definitely running, like I've turned it all on, I've set up all the same cards I've got on Android, but I don't tend to get the appointments, you know, come up as as well as it did on the Android phone. So often on when it was paired to my Android phone, I'd get a little thing on my watch that says, you know, 
time to leave in 15 minutes. I haven't seen any of those yet. I don't know if that's that's coming or it's not possible or what, but I just, yeah, I keep looking. I'm like, no, no. I still get all my calendar alerts, but I don't get the the time to leave stuff. One of the simpler things that's going to make things better for Android users is that, of course, if you're using Android, your default browser is Chrome. Uh, and because it's the Google browser, the uh, Google Now is collecting a lot more valuable information or more, more useful information for you to put into Google Now cards than if you were using the, the Safari browser on iOS. I, I, I have to assume that if you're running Chrome on iOS, you'll get that sort of functionality, but I'm, maybe I shouldn't assume. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I haven't tested it. I always go to run Chrome, but my problem as a developer is I know that deep down it's just the... Uh, the Safari rendering engine inside the Chrome uh, window, and even then, it's not the full rendering engine. You know, it's the one without all the the fancy speed enhancements. Yeah. Actually, one one other interesting thing while we're talking about Android Wear is it's it's still a rumor, although I believe that Lenovo has actually um, confirmed that there's a there's a uh, Moto three hundred and sixty event happening on the eighth of September. I want to say. So I, I don't think they've officially said. You know, these are the watches that are coming. You know, all the rumor sites are saying. Um, there's a big watch. There's a small watch. There's a sports edition as well. But I don't, I don't think that part's official. But it's definitely official that, um, yeah, there's there's some new Motorola watches coming. So if you're on iOS and you're really curious, you're like, oh, I wonder what, you know, what what does an Android Wear watch look like? They'd probably be the ones to check out. And I know <laughs> we we do get some flack occasionally for how much love we've been giving to Motorola. And I'm going to put a picture <laughs> in the show notes. I want you to go and click on it for those that think that we've only ever used Motorola phones. It's me sitting with just a few other phones. You know, there's there's probably 50 or 60 of them there. There's at least six or seven watches. <laughs> I've left out about 10 or 15 other devices that I just physically couldn't fit into the frame. So, you know, have a think about that when you accuse us of being Motorola fans. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a complete library of, of, of iPhones from, from Alpha to Omega. And I have a bunch of Nokia phones. I have a bunch of, yeah, I mean, it's maybe we should just... Uh, Every time that we in the show notes have to have a photo of a Motorola device from now on, we'll just use the the poop emoji as the screen <laughs> on it, just to sort of balance the put bring balance to the force. It's a good thing we're not a public broadcaster because then we'd have to bring on uh, some Sony representatives and be like, "Here's here's the opinion of Sony." Hey, if, if Sony wants to get so angry that they bring the the, the head of their mo- their mobile division to talk to us. <laughs> and we we don't we don't have a booking department, so if we can just browbeat people into do that by by being completely unfair and biased, I say we'd be completely unfair and biased. <laughs> I welcome it. Sony executives or any other executive. Samsung, come on the show. We'd love to talk to you. <laughs> exactly, and not only that, but we. It's funny. Some people think that we take uh, sponsorship from um, manufacturers. We we don't. The the ad reads that you hear are the people that actually sponsor us, and. I have to tell you, it's very exciting. Uh, this this week's uh, sponsor does start with an S. It doesn't end with an O N Y though. I'm sorry to say, it is Squarespace. So this episode oh, of material, we, I thought we were I thought we were being sponsored by the shoemaker sports shoemaker Sony. <laughs> Sony. Uh, did you guys ever get that uh, model of TV that was S A W N Y that sold in Australia for a while? Oh wait, it's quality. That's right. Squarespace <laughs> is our sponsor for this week, and this episode is brought to you by them. So Squarespace is definitely not a knockoff. They're the uh, the original place you can build your uh, fancy website. So squarespace.com is the place you want to go. Material is the code you want to enter and you'll get 10% off. And with Squarespace, you can build it beautiful. So 
when it comes to giving yourself a place online, there's nowhere better than Squarespace to uh, host your website. They put all the power into the hand, into your hands. You know, they give you all the easy to use tools to build your website. They do all the fancy um, scaling and hosting, so you don't have to worry. You know, if a thousand people visit my site or if a million people visit my site, you know, it's still going to be there. You get to build a site that looks professionally designed. You know, we were talking about Google logos before and design. Um, regardless of your skill level, you know, they've got templates in there. They've got uh, editors where you can move stuff around, um, and you can get your website to look exactly, you know, how you want it to look. It's secure. It's stable. Um, and it's also responsive. So Yasmin was talking about that before as well. You know, if you make your browser a bit smaller, you know, the website will respond to that. If you look at it on a phone, it'll respond to that. So it'll always look good. You've got um, 24-7 support with live chat and email. So if you get stuck, you know, they have teams in New York, Dublin and Portland who are there to help you. Um, they also have a commerce platform. So if you think, oh, I'd really like to sell some knockoff handbags, don't do that. So maybe sell something a bit more legitimate on your site. Um, you can do that. You know, they've got that as well. And they just keep adding more functionality over time. So, you know, Squarespace has all these versions that they've gone through, you know, version 1, version 2, version 3. So you keep getting all this stuff, you know, as long as you stay subscribed, um, you get everything for free, you know, coming along. And it lets you take your site further than ever before. And if you sign up for a year, you'll also get a free domain name. So this will allow you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. And Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. So you can start your trial today. There's no credit card required. Um, you just go to squarespace.com. Uh, like I said, you enter the offer code material. You'll get 10% off your first purchase and you'll get to show your support for our show. So, you know, they, they see that every time you enter that in there. They're like, oh, cool. Someone came along from the material um, podcast. You know, we're going to keep sponsoring them. We'd really like to thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Some other exciting news is that Nest released their uh, third-generation uh, thermostat, which is pretty awesome. It's forty uh, percent larger than ever. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know if uh, having it larger is really like a selling point for a thermostat, but you know, Nest believes so. Um, so it's actually forty percent larger in uh, diameter, but um, it actually s- sits closer to the wall, so it's not as uh, the depth is not as you know high. Um, and it's, it's still, it's pretty big, um, but it's actually a half an inch smaller in diameter, diameter than the, than the Lyric, uh, thermostat. And so it's still smaller than the bigger thermostats out there, but it got bigger and they have like, uh, what I think they said 25% more vibrant, uh, screen. And they introduced this really neat feature called Farsight that if Nest sees you from like across the room, because Nest is looking for you and wants to know where you are at all times, it will light up and it will show you either the time or the temperature you have uh, the things your thermostat uh, set at. This is actually a really neat feature because we have our Nest thermostat, you know, in the hallway. And sometimes I'm like running in the morning trying to get my um, daughter ready for school and I don't have my watch on me because I'm still getting ready. And I'm like, what time is it? And now I won't have to, you know, tap on our thermostat and find out what time it is. It's actually just going to tell me hey, here's the time and you can choose analog or digital. Um, So I'm actually really excited for that, just being able to see uh, the time on my thermostat. It turns out all I really wanted was a clock in our hallway. (laughs) (laughs) The fanciest clock you've ever bought. (laughs) So did you guys get get a chance to look at the thermostat? Is there any thoughts on that? Well, we we actually don't get these in Australia. Uh, I know some people that have imported (laughs) them and tried to hook them up, but just like everything else, I feel like... um, I was talking to a listener of our show earlier this week and I feel like Australia and Canada, you know, we have this kindred relationship where we don't get a lot of things that you fancy Americans get. So, 
I know nothing about the Nest thermostat, apart from that it looks pretty and I want one. <laughs> so sad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> do, you, do you have one, Andy? No, I don't. Uh, probably because it revolves getting on a ladder. <laughs> and it's <laughs> you, you don't want the 10 years no, of bad luck? Is that the problem? Oh, no, no. It's, it's like I, it's, uh, I suppose if I had more loved ones to take care of inside this house, I'd be more, you know, I, 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 like, I like the nest. Uh, I like what it's achieving. I'm just, um, there's, a, there's just a little bit of a disconnect in my head about it because um, smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors help protect your house if you have lots and lots and lots of them. It doesn't matter that you have one or two that are really, really smart and can be controlled from your phone. What matters is that really every space that is separated by a door from the rest of the house has its own uh, detector in there. And so if you have like a budget of $400 to spend, you can protect your house a lot better with a dozen simple just bleep, 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 bleep sort of smoke detectors than you can with a couple of nests, even though the nests are way, way cooler. Um, I, I've th- that That said... I think that that's it's not uh, it, it's not uh, Google and Nest's goal to make you buy ten of these. I think maybe it's more of an like LED light bulb sort of thing, where someone is going to buy one uh, and have that replace the kitchen the kitchen one with just the one that's so easy to turn off and the one that's easy to say, okay, look, I'm making a steak right now. Everything's cool. Please don't call the fire department. And then maybe once a year or once every couple of years. When you are when you accidentally knock one off of the ceiling with a vacuum cleaner when you're cleaning the sensor and it smashes it into, smith- into smithereens, okay, <laughs> now we'll spend two hundred bucks for another nest before and ultimately you 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 remove you get rid of all of them, uh, all the old ones. Uh, so it's it's just not something that gets me super excited. The, the thermostat is a bigger deal because it's just such a smarter way to control heat and uh, and temperature throughout the house. Uh, and also the ability to access these things remotely. Once you have some sort of a hub that can adjust temperature, uh, I was as I was I, I was talking about steaks because I made myself some burgers for dinner tonight. And yes, the the house was filled with smoke, but the the nice sort of meaty, beefy sort of smoke that uh, that actually makes you very very happy as opposed to concerned. Uh, but it's nice to be able to talk to uh, uh, talk to my Google, uh, excuse me, my uh, my Amazon Echo. To get the music going and the ability to say, you know, it's like, Alexa, kill the smoke alarm. I'm making steaks. <laughs> or even before I start cooking, Alexa, I'm making a steak, so be warned. <laughs> if you, <laughs> anything that happens inside this kitchen, it's probably okay. If you, if you hear a lot of screaming, then maybe call the fire department until then. <laughs> Just tell me that, Andy, I think your steaks are done. I, I No, seriously, <laughs> seriously, I think that your steaks are definitely done. I mean, they're more than done right now. Now the pan is completely done, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I don't want to criticize, but you probably should have stopped 10 minutes ago. I, I guess the the other interesting part about this is there was a lot of concern when Google first bought Nest. You know, are things going to change? Is it going to become like an advertising platform? Is it going <laughs> to this and that? It definitely seems to be business as usual. You know, new Nests are coming out. They're, they're sleeker and better than the old ones. You know, they're still heavily product focused. There doesn't seem to be much of a change there at all, you know, from what I can see. Since you're going to be having to buy new furniture and not new TV, why not shop at Broyhill? Broyhill. Furniture for life and for comfort. <laughs> yeah, if someone disassembles yeah. it and finds a microphone and uh, you know some other stuff in there, then, then maybe we can be a little bit suspicious. So I got my Nest uh, thermostat like installed over a year ago. It was, it, was, it was probably exactly like around a year ago. 
um, our AC unit actually went out and you live in Arizona and it's like in the uh, summer, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's the most terrible thing ever. Um, so we, you know, we had to get an entire new unit, which was so much better than our old unit. Um, and then we also got some like insulation in our attic. So we really like made our house a lot cooler. And I talked them into throwing in a Nest thermostat installation for free. Um, so that's how we got the, the Nest thermostat. And so it's been a year now and our electricity bill um, has decreased like over half of the cost. And I wish I could have been able to like test out what it would have done if I would have only had the Nest thermostat because that would have been really awesome to see like, oh my gosh, the Nest thermostat has saved me this much money and it's paid for itself. Um, I mean, ours has, but we also got a really nice unit. So of course, I can't say that it's going to, you know, decrease your uh, electricity bill from over 50%. But I think in places like Arizona where it's really, really hot, they're so worth it. You know, you mm. we keep our house uh, really cool like when we get home, but during the day, you know, we are it goes on auto away. And so it's saving us a lot of money. Uh, so I, I'm a, no, Nest is not sponsoring us. But I do love <laughs> any, any. Why, why don't you guys ever talk about other manufacturers of thermostats? You're always just talking about Nest. So I'm sure Lyric, Honeywell, and what's the other one? Echo B, Kobe. Um, I'm sure they will save you all that money too. Go get a smart learning thermostat, regardless <laughs> yeah. of who it's from. <laughs> I, I, I got to give a big shout out to uh, Mark Edwards as well, who I went to the US with a few times. And every time I've gone, he's come back with two or three nests. I think he's now up to five nests, and he hasn't installed a single one of them. So what? if anyone Why? in Australia wants some nests, <laughs> you, you know where to get them, Mark Edwards. What is he doing with it's them? It's a status thing. <laughs> I don't know. He's just collecting them. <laughs> he's just showing them on the shelf saying, look how many times I've been to New York. I can There's afford only... to buy smart devices that I have no intention of ever using. There's only like th three generations, so he has like two of at least the first and second generation. He's definitely got the first generation and the second generation. I think that's that what is. happens when you become like a, a fancy internationally renowned designer. You're just like, now I will buy nests and I will put them on, <laughs> not on my wall, I will leave them in the box on my shelf. He needs yeah. to put it around his neck. <laughs> or like a watch. But this, but this, now we can tell you the time like far, with Farsight, so he can totally wear it as a watch around his neck. But this, but this is this is why it's... Uh, it's 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 good to be concerned about the the amount of personal information that companies collect about us, but there's also the positive side that if it's collecting information like there is nobody in the house right now, there's been nobody in this house for the past three hours. This is the eleventh Tuesday in a row. There has been nobody in this house from ten a.m. until four p.m. We can possibly make use of this information to make this person's life better and give them more money for burritos at the end of the month. Uh, and so, so long as so long as the privacy policies are really, really well understood, so long as the company's being really clear about what information it's collecting and how it's using it, and more importantly, when that information might ever leave the confines of that company, I'm kind of cool with it. This, this, this is why I roll my eyes when I keep hearing the phrase, you know what, Google, you're not the customer. You're the product. Oh, if I hear that one I'm more time. I'm the first person to think about that, and I bet I just blew your mind with that. Have you ever thought about why Google products are free? They're wow, free. Free for a reason. Blown. It's like the kid who comes back from his first semester of college. Did you know that most American history is written by white men? Gosh, I'd... Having teleported here from Planet Zune, I have never, I've never occurred to me like that. I, I, now that you mention it, maybe this all is just a sham.
yeah, this whole time. I just thought Larry and Sergey would just open their wallet every every week. They're like, okay, everyone line up. Here's your pay. Uh, we don't make money any other way. Here you go. There's your money. There's your money. Andy, I'm glad to uh, see that you did not disappoint our listeners. You provided more pizza pictures and stories on your Twitter account. And uh, you were even making uh, some listeners very hungry. And some of them were, were saying they needed to find a, a gluten-free solution for, for pizza because you were just making them so hungry for all the pizza. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I might be Johnny Pizza Seed or something like that. It's you find out how many people are actually doing this sort of stuff. I had a, a, a reader email me to let me to say that he was uh, I was I was I was live I was live tweeting the the latest pizza experiment. Pizza number four came out of the oven on Saturday, and so someone sent me a picture of the pizza that they made uh, with their own pizza steel uh, after seeing that I was making it, and it had. A really nice, uh, really nice, like a, a hand formed fresh mozzarella and blueberries. Blueberries, which had which would never have occurred to me, and I had the sort of like automatic reaction of blueberries don't belong on a pizza before realizing that well, tomatoes are berries; they're also <laughs> sweet, and you put them on the pizza. You you enjoy Hawaiian pizzas, which has fruit on it. It's like maybe I should try it. So, Andy, where can people debate the color of blueberries with you? Uh, just go to uh, better best place is always Twitter. I'm at Anatko, I-H-N-A-T-K-O, or you can go to my website, Anatko.com, which also have links to my stuff on the Sun-Times. And Russell, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me at uh, Twitter is probably the best place. Rusty Shelf. I was going to say .org, but there's no .org in Twitter. It's just twitter.com slash Rusty Shelf, I guess. And they can also ask me questions about the friendly uh, people outside who were cutting concrete during this episode. <laughs> I, I hope that comes through a little bit, but all I heard um, in the back of my head was... <laughs> so there's, there's a bit of that for you. And you can find me at Yasmin Evian, and you can find all of us on Twitter at, at Material Podcast, and you can email us feedback at materialpodcast.com at gmail.com and you can visit our website at relay.fm forward slash material until next time stay in material you know what other cool thing you can do on squarespace russell oh i'm sure you're gonna tell me you can host your own podcast <laughs> oh, oh, do you think we should br- break away from our uh, Mikey and Overlords? Is that what you're saying? Oh, we, we can make, I've got it. We can make a no, Raleigh if- FM. R A L A Y FM. What do you think? I mean, I, I'm, I'm a white guy. I just thought the world was just naturally awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. Why are, why are all these non-white people just so upset? It's, it's amazing to live in the United States of America. There's no, everyone's nice to you. Cops pull you over just to tell you, oh, by the way, your, your left front tire is a little bit low. You might want to get that checked. Have a great day. Really? I mean, just have a positive attitude, maybe. You, you point out a bug in a software problem, and people applaud you. What is this? And occasionally, you, you know, you do see some social injustice. Maybe you go to a restaurant and someone gets the wrong kind of tea. You point that out, and people are like, congratulations, you know. You've you fixed something there. Well done. <laughs> oh, we should start a diversity <laughs> podcast. I'm just kidding. Yeah, if, then if you're a woman in the meeting and your point is not getting across, 
you lean over to your male uh, coworker and you whisper <laughs> it again, and you're like, "Can you please just say this out loud so we can move forward?" <laughs> Not That's a great from idea, Dave. Or anything. Oh, I'm glad you finally <laughs> brought that up. Yasmin, why can't you come up with ideas like this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>